Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Continuing in Matthew chapter 14, well, we talked about some hardships for John yesterday, but maybe today we pick it up a little bit looking at Jesus and some great power and miracles. Absolutely. So um, just kind of observing here, the chapter begins because Herod has been hearing the reports about Jesus, the signs that he was doing. And where chapter 13 left off was he was back in Nazareth and not doing signs. Ooh, good point. Because of the unbelief. And now in our reading today, when we pick up in verse 13, it's one of those signs, one of those miracles that appears in all four Gospels. Okay. This is a major sign that Jesus does. Big deal. So we're going to talk about it. So we're in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. I'm reading from the New King James. I wonder if anyone can guess what miracle this is. (laughs) Verse 13. When Jesus heard it, that would be about the death of John the Baptist, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men, besides women and children. You're bringing up how this chapter started with Herod saying, okay, here's why this fellow is performing all these miracles, really highlights a, a very important apologetic point about this. It's one that we keep driving home, and I think it's one that we need to be reminding ourselves of in just about every conversation. And that is what Herod recognized is that Jesus is behaving in a way that has to be explained. It has to be dealt with. It cannot be dismissed. It it, it cannot be ignored. We have to ask, who is this fella? This guy is doing amazing things. And isn't it something where Herod's mind jumped to? Yes. Oh, John the Baptist has come back from the dead. Well, he's probably a little scared. I hear that. Terrified. He he had. Because well, he murdered John the Baptist. Well, he murdered John the Baptist. Yeah. He had tried, kind of, to protect John slightly. He was going to throw him in prison. He wasn't going to kill him right. because he he thought something about he this fella. He thought this was a special fella. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to put him in jail. It's another thing to cut his head off. But then right. because of some promises that he made to his lover's daughter, yeah. he ends up going against his better judgment and killing John. So this has obviously been playing on his mind and heart. He has felt like God is probably going to be doing something to him because of this. So when he hears about this guy performing these miracles, he says, oh no. 
am I in trouble? Mm -hmm, And he mm -hmm. thinks that it's potentially John come Mm -hmm. back from the dead. But what an interesting thing about that. He thinks that it might be resurrection. He thinks that it might be that this fellow he killed, but he's got to come up with some answer. Now, we remember the Pharisees. The Pharisees' answer was, oh, he's performing these miracles by the power of the demons. Right, right. Herod's answer is, he must be John uh, raised Raised from from the the dead. dead. But Matthew is driving home a different point. By the end of this week, we're going to recognize Matthew's point. He's the Christ. He's the son of the living God. I'll let the cat out of the bag. It's not like not like you didn't know that's where I was going anyway. Sure, sure. But uh, still, the point being, Matthew is telling the story in a way that we realize this has to be dealt with. You have to come up with an explanation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it needs to be, you know, you got to come up with something. This idea, oh, he's just kind of a good man. What? What? That's the most ridiculous one of all. And that's really not even on the table it's really as not. Matthew's talking about. The one thing that he's not been uh, alleged is, well, you're just a wise teacher. You're just a sage. That's all there is to you. Yeah. Take your place on the Sanhedrin Council. Yeah. Man, they're talking about all other kinds of forces in play. Absolutely. So here is this, we call it the feeding of the 5,000, this miracle that appears in all four Gospels. Because of that, we do find uh, some other little details here and there in the Gospels, like where does the loaves and the fish come from? Well, you know, John tells us that Andrew found a boy in the crowd, and that was the food that he had on him. Uh, You know, the Lord's pleased with that. That's enough. There is something about this miracle, though, that every Gospel writer says you need to know this. Jesus multiplied loaves and fishes. Jesus fed 5,000. In John's purposes, I think it kind of blends into a larger teaching about who is the bread of life, who is the true manna, and some of those Old Testament connections. But in the synoptics, I don't know, is is it that, or are there some other connections to be found? I think there's some really important point for us to recognize. This passage doesn't say what, or this chapter, in fact, I don't think any of the accounts say what was said about Jesus in earlier chapters where Jesus says, a greater than the temple is here. Yeah. And a greater than Solomon is here, and a greater than Jonah is here. That's not verbalized and specifically stated. But I well, do th- well, that was going on in Matthew, right? That was a couple yeah, that of- was a couple of chapters ago yeah. in Matthew. But I do think we're supposed to be making a very similar leap, a very similar conclusion when Jesus is performing this miracle. We're supposed to be seeing, huh? This is greater than some of the stories I know about in the Old Testament. Okay. For instance, I think specifically about Elijah and Elisha. Okay, these two great prophets of Israel of old, and they did, now that you mention it, that's right, they did do some miracles where they aided widows, right? Well, they were both of them were helping widows out. We've got Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. Yeah, okay. 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 8, this is when Elijah has prayed for a drought, uh-huh. and it's coming because, of course, God had promised that if Israel goes into idolatry, he's going to stop the rain. Yeah. And so Elijah can pray in faith that the rain would stop because this is what God had promised. So now the rain stopped, and the word of the Lord comes to Elijah saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. Then he called her and said, Bring me a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, 
As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour and a jar and a little oil and a jug, and now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Mm. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Here is this story where food is multiplied, but it feeds a family. Yeah. Uh, along with Elijah. Elijah. What Jesus does is he multiplies this very small meal for 5,000 people, which uh, does, is Matthew where it records that this is not counting women and children? Correct. Yeah. Matthew's the one that said that besides the women and children. Right. So we've got thousands of people that are fed from this miracle of Jesus, which, by the way, this is a miracle of Jesus. This is not a miracle of the people figuring out how to share because they saw the little boy. That's a very good point to make. We don't want to diminish this in any way and take the supernatural uh, multiplying of, of bread and fish out of this. In uh, 2 Kings 4, you mentioned Elisha. Yeah. And I've got that one here. 2 Kings 4, verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. What a, so here we've got these two stories about Elijah and Elisha, prophets of God, prophets that all the Israelites would accept. I think what we need to recognize is happening in this. Matthew is making an argument in favor of Jesus. What he has set up is Jesus is somebody that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. We have to explain how Jesus is able to do these things. Herod has explained it as, well, he's John the Baptist, resurrected from the dead. The Pharisees have explained Jesus as uh, one who is possessed by the prince of the mm -hmm. demons. And so mm -hmm. this is all a big brain nefarious plot from the prince of the demons right. to deceive everyone. What Matthew does, without without saying it, without without just saying, guys, this is Elijah and Elisha. Look, look, he's acting like Elijah and Elisha. He tells these stories to this Jewish audience, mm -hmm. and they should be picking this up. D did we think Elijah and Elisha were doing this by the power of the demons? No, did we think no. it was because they were... What we recognize is right. Jesus is following in the footsteps of these great men of God. And think about 
the story of Elijah and Elisha. Do you remember when Elijah was about to be taken Mm -hmm. and the request that Elisha made? He wanted to have a double portion of Elijah's spirit. A double portion of Elijah's spirit. And we see that Elisha ends up with that double portion. Elijah says, if you see me taken, you'll know you have that. Your request has been granted. He did see Elijah taken. The request was granted not to get ahead, but Elisha is able to strike the water and it parts Parts. so that he can walk through on dry land. Maybe we'll talk a little more about that tomorrow. Yeah, we'll add that to the list. But uh, (laughs) what, what we recognize is just as you see Elijah having, or excuse me, Elisha having a double portion of Elijah's spirit, What Matthew is highlighting is, look at how much of the spirit Mm -hmm. Jesus has. He doesn't have an evil spirit. He has the same kind of spirit as the prophets with their signs and wonders. And it is so bigger. It is is so much bigger. It is so much more. A greater than Elijah and Elisha is here. Greater than the temple. Mm -hmm. Greater than Solomon. Greater than Jonah. Greater than Elijah. Greater than Elisha. Who could this be other than the Son of God? I think you're right there that this is a huge faith-building sign, particularly for his disciples. He puts the charge on them to feed the people, and of course they realize they have nothing for this. And yet, how many baskets of leftovers are collected? One for each of the apostles. One for each of them, 12 in all. Yeah. And so God has supplied and to spare, and it has taught them that Jesus truly is the Son of God. We're seeing that faith, that case built, and that faith built as we go along. And hopefully it builds our faith, and it builds the case for us. Thanks so much for listening into our conversation today. We'd love to hear what questions or comments you have. You can email us at texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, or you can go to our Facebook group and just ask some questions there. Talk with us about what's going on in the text or whatever else you're learning from the Scripture. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Our God and Father, thank you You have provided for us this amazing picture, this amazing case, this amazing story about Jesus that that we know we have to deal with. We cannot dismiss Jesus. We cannot ignore him. And we believe, Lord God, that Jesus is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. He is divine. He is deity. And he sacrificed himself for us, for our sins, that we might be resurrected just as John, we know, will be resurrected, just as Jesus was resurrected, and we look forward to that. Help us to hang on, no matter what we face in this life. It's through your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.